Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. According to the American Psychological Association, 80% of adults experience moderate to high levels of stress. Research shows stress speeds up the aging process, and it's linked to high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and even cancer. If you're feeling stressed out just hearing those statistics, we have a special treat for you. Dr. Norman Sheely, the father of holistic medicine, is in the house to share how we can eliminate stress and anxiety and live a happy, healthy life. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is often referred to as the father of holistic medicine. In fact, he created the concept of holistic medicine back in 1971. He's the founder of the American Holistic Medical Association and president of Sheely Soren Wellness Institute and Hollos Energy Medicine Education. He's a world-renowned neurosurgeon and the inventor of the spinal cord stimulation procedure and transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation also known as the TENS unit. He has published 36 books, over 350 articles, and is the editor of Journal of Comprehensive Integrative Medicine. He's also credited to over 15 innovative patents in energy medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Norman Sheely. A great pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Oh, you know, you've, you've had this amazing health journey, you know, over half a century, and it's an honor to have you with us. So much we can talk about. First, share with us a little history on how you became the father of holistic medicine. Well, you know, when I was in my training, the most barbarian procedure in the world was a spinal cordotomy. We went to the operating room, removed the bone of two levels of the spine, and then used a piece of a razor blade to cut the front half of the spinal cord. <laughs> At least I always like to say it. I think it was sterile. But I was so appalled by that. I spent three years when I finished my residency doing research on animal physiology. And I came up with the idea that we could control pain by stimulating both the skin and the spinal cord. And when I presented that to neurosurgeons, they said, you're crazy. This is all in animals. Three years later, I had done only six patients, and every neurosurgeon in the room wanted to do the procedure. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's now done all over the world. And, of course, TENS uh, is now even available without a prescription. Uh, so those two things. But I, all of a sudden, I was being sent 400 people a year for the spinal cord stimulator. And they had had five to seven unssuccessful back operations, and they were on Valium and Percodan. I would stick a needle in them, let alone a knife to put in a stimulator. So in 1971, I said, somebody's got to find out what to do with all these failures of conventional medicine. So on October 15, 1971, I started the first major pain clinic run by a physician. And I was working with these people with behavior modification for, well, a whole month at a time. And all of a sudden, in 1972, I learned about autogenic training and biofeedback and past life therapy, and it totally changed everything. I went back to get a PhD in psychology to, to understand this thing of self-control, self-regulation. And I, I got a PhD in psychology based upon my study that created biogenics. Actually, we now have 68 different variations of mental retraining exercises 
the greatest stress reliever in the world. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the tension. I got to share something funny that came. I had a patient wanting the uh, portable electrical nerve uh, device, and, and he was looking. He says, I see a 10s unit, but that's so outdated. Is there an 11s unit or maybe a 12s? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, that's not what it stands for. He says, 10s is... <laughs> So let me ask you, you know, I shared in the intro, stress is such a major cause of illness, but, you know, stress is relative, really, you know, a, a 10 level stress for one person might register as a three to somebody else. Obviously, we can't hide from tough situations in life, but can you share a tip on how people can minimize their perception of stress and maybe how to better deal with it? To me, the number one question when something bothers you, annoys you, irritates you, stresses you is... Can I change it? Now, I can't change the weather. I can't change the government. I can't change the Internet. And therefore, if I can't change it, I detach. My favorite word in the world is detach from those things I cannot change. I love it. Yeah, and it, it, exactly how I feel. That's what that's what I deal with stress with. And it's funny because yesterday on the way to work, there was a uh, traffic jam. And, you know, I said, oh, I'll use that time to listen to a podcast. Well, I look over <laughs> and the guy next to me was screaming at the top of his lungs, honking his horn, <laughs> slamming his fist on the steering wheel. Same situation, different reaction. And my question is, can the stress hormones, cortisol, and the adrenaline flowing through that man's body at that traffic delay cause any long-term health consequences? consequences? Unequivocally, no question about it. As long ago as 1904, the father of American medicine, Sir William Osler, stated stress is the cause of most disease. Right. So it's how you react is really the key. Is like you said, you know, if the plane's not taking off, you don't get pissed off. Maybe the plane's broken. You're better off not on that plane. Exactly. Think about the positive. <laughs> That's true. Now, people don't usually associate what they eat with stress levels. I'm curious, are there any specific foods that you found that people should avoid if they want to live a more stress-free life? Well, of course, alcohol can be done in many different ways. A very small amount of a, of a wine can, for most people, be somewhat relaxing. But even two glasses is, can begin to cause a stress reaction. I don't like to use anything like that as a stress reducer, personally. I do practice autogenic training. Now, originally, it was 18 minutes long, and you practice it twice a day for three months. After that, you only need to do it one or two minutes a day. And so since 1972, I have been de-stressed. That makes sense. Now, you've created this online course called Biogenics to help people reduce their stress and anxiety. Tell us more about this. Well, it starts off with basic autogenic training. A wonderful psychiatrist did not like the fact that when he put people into a hypnotic trance, they were dependent upon him. So he asked them to tell them what they felt as they went deeper into trance. What they feel is, my arms and legs are heavy and warm. My heartbeat is calm and regular. My breathing is free and easy. My abdomen is warm. My forehead is cool. My mind is quiet and still. And it, by that stage, by the my mind is quiet and still, most people are deeply, deeply relaxed. Now, you've done it 18 minutes to get there. And then you can program anything new you want. My, one of my favorite other statements is, every thought is a prayer. 
thinking sets in motion spiritual forces to bring about change in body, mind, companions, hopes, despair. And I often say you cannot afford the luxury of negative thinking. That makes sense. I know a focal point of your course is neuroplasticity. Share with the listeners what does that big word mean for those that aren't familiar with it? Uh, I had the great fortune in 1961 of spending eight months in Australia with Sir John Eccles studying the plasticity of the nervous system. And this was one of his big themes. He got the Nobel Prize for it two years later. But interestingly, we can make new connections every day in our brain. We are extremely multi-talented in creating new, you know, actually new neurons, new fibers connecting neurons one to another. So that's what plasticity is all about. And we are extremely plastic. But you want to create... Good new things, not negative new things. Right, so, so true. And when we're plastic, we want to stress that we're not BPA or phthalates. We don't have that bad plastic. We're good plastic. Exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you, you know, there's a popular saying, people are hearing, you know, about change. But, you know, there's that old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Is there a point of no return for reshaping our brain? Or can anyone at any age break their unhealthy lifestyle habits? Anyone at any age can break the lifestyle if they will practice. I mean, I can't do it for you. I can teach you what to do. I can guide you. I can assist you sometimes with supplements and other ways to think. But you have to practice. And I can say the hardest thing I have to get people to change is to practice autogenic training twice a day for three months. They will sometimes make faster changes in it their nutrition, and even their physical activity than to, just to, to sit back and recline and practice. But if they will practice 90% of the time, just doing autogenic training will make a huge difference in your entire lifestyle. Yeah, and you know, you bring up a point. Uh, I believe that the, the biggest problem for stress and, and lack of change is we fall into a routine. I think people aren't willing to break through the routine. It becomes a habit, and it's just part of like, you know, when we turn our car and we make a left, we hit it down. It's it's, it's become a habit, so I think it's so important to, to realize that that's the key. If we can create new habits, healthy habits, and how long does that take? So let's say somebody's willing to, you know, make some changes. You know, the old saying, 21 days makes a habit. Do people see a difference in 21? days? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, ideally, three. You, you see a big difference within 21 days, but the biggest difference occurs in 90 days. If you really do do it every single day for 90 days, after that, you only need one to two minutes. Wow. Interesting. So do you, does your biogenics course teach people how to be more proactive instead of reactive when it comes to these daily stressors like that guy next to me in the, in the traffic? Absolutely. You know, I, back in, while I was in my residency, one of the things I did not like was some of the research that was being done. And I went to the bishop of the Episcopal Diocese who was on the board at Mass General, and he stopped three and a half million dollars of research that was unethical. I was forced to see a psychiatrist. They wanted to declare I was, I was crazy. Right. But after three months of psychiatrist, maybe the only neurosurgeon in the world who would have declared legally sane by a psychiatrist. Uh -huh. And my obituary appeared in the Boston Globe as a threat. So I make fun of it. I, I, may, I may be one of the few people who survived his obituary. <laughs> and 
and I called up. The, I called the funeral home where my body was supposed to be. And I said, "I want my body back," <laughs> and I've made fun of it ever since then. Oh, that's that's funny. I know one thing that you're you're on the cutting edge of that not many people are talking about is sound therapy. Tell us how sound can help us with treatment of things like stress, arthritis, muscle pain, blood pressure, and more. Okay, I have been using sound since the mid, well, early seventies to some extent, but certainly by nineteen seventy four. Sound quiets the brain. You know, it's one of the most interesting things I often point out to people. Music conductors live longer than any other profession. Now, part of it is the music. But second, they move their arms a lot. They, they circle their arms. And actually, I call it bouncing. If you stand up and just move your arms in circles around the outside, it's better than walking for your heart. Wow. That's great. Oh, I just hit the mic. I'm doing it now. I better stop. Yeah, you're getting me doing it. <laughs> yep. Almost not, almost knock, knock loose my mic. Yeah, no, that's good. That's movement's the key, and then uh, that's when I. So if so, when people join the course, so I'm trying to dive more into what are the expected outcomes when when people go through the the biology. Well, to me, the most extended outcome is reduce of anxiety. Second is reducing depression, and third is actually learning to control pain. There are three specific techniques for controlling pain. One of them is so powerful that in 1977, I had a sinus infection, and I said, give me 20 minutes and I'll be ready for surgery. I numbed my nose so they could go up and operate on my sinus under the senoid, and I had perfect surgery with no anesthesia whatsoever. So you can actually numb any part of the body mentally, psychologically. Wow, so you take control of that. Uh, one thing I was asking about the sound, is there certain hurts that helps benefit? Um, obviously, there's some sounds not good. We wouldn't hear a scratching on the chalkboard as being a sound. That probably would... Oh, yeah. exactly. No, there are specific frequencies. There are binaural beats, uh, which Bob Monroe introduced, and then there's gamma frequencies, a 40-cycle frequency, which was first... Well, the brainwave activity was found in Buddhist monks who meditate eight hours a day. Well, we created a, a cranial electromagnetic PEMF, pulse electromagnetic frequency device, which in 30 minutes will put the brain into perfect gamma. And it is unquestionably the greatest thing in the world for reducing anxiety and depression and for treating opioid addiction. Wow. Would it help also with sleep? I know so many people lack a deeper sort of sleep. Yes. That'll help them stay, yes. stay in that REM, that deep sleep that we need? Absolutely. You can actually sleep with it under your pillow all night. Oh, that's phenomenal. Hey, one thing that's become a focus for uh, many holistic doctors is telomeres now. Share with the listeners, what are they, and are we really able to rejuvenate them? Ah, absolutely. I've been working with that for 10 years now. They are the tips of your DNA. In a normal, healthy individual, they shrink, sort of like the eraser on your pencil, they shrink 1% every year of life. But we are genetically, if we have good health habits, we're genetically destined to live 100 years. But we have found two different techniques which can rejuvenate the telomeres 3.5% a year, which is 4.5% better than normal. So you can actually extend, it's the fountain of youth, right? So people can actually, that's a... Absolutely. I wrote a book called Life Beyond 100, and it... We've, we've been doing this now for, well, since, since about 2000, and I think I've, I first discovered it in 2006. And I've got 
many, many people who've done it for five years with cumulative results of, you know, five times 3.5, that's you're 17, 18 years younger. Yeah. So so can you look at telomeres like a palm reader and say, oh, you're not looking too good. We've got to fix this. You don't have much time. <laughs> well, I have to send them off. to Actually, the only accurate lab in my experience uh-huh. is repeat diagnostics, plural, in Vancouver. Right. So we do need to do it on a blood test, and it measures the length of your telomeres in your white blood cells, your lymphocytes and your granulocytes, and it gives you the relationship to other people your age. Oh, nice. And when can people see a difference? When do you recommend retesting? Six months. Six we, months. We can make big differences in six months. That's fantastic. That's, that's really cut, cutting edge. Uh, let me ask you this. You know, I'm, I'm curious, so glad to have you on the show. I was wondering, you know, there's so many doctors now finally embracing a functional medicine approach to healing, thank goodness. But that wasn't always the case when you started out over 50 years ago. And I'm curious, when you're looking back, what are you seeing being accepted as mainstream today that you were once ridiculed for recommending? This is kind of your I told you so moment. Well, you know, the interesting thing to me is from the very beginning, the establishment tried to get rid of the name holistic, and so they changed it to alternative and complementary and then to integrative. Now, I'm not opposed to other words. However, to me, it has to be comprehensive, not just one or two. You know, one of the local hospitals claimed to have an integrative medicine program. They offered hot stone massage. Now, there's nothing wrong with hot stone massage, but it's not holistic. To me, it's body, mind, emotions, and spirit. We are a soul having a physical experience. And you've got to look at the soul and the spirit to really work with a person in depth. Yeah, it's like kind of calling a ceiling repairman, and he's trying to fix the ceiling, and he says, wait a minute, your floor is crooked. I'm wasting my time up here. <laughs> if you got a bad foundation, <laughs> it's going to mess the walls up. It's going to make the, the the roof crooked. So it's really a whole approach. That's what I really like about what you know what you stand for. You know, there's over God over the 50 years have been so many trends of of eating. Atkins was around, paleo, plant based, keto. Now we got intermittent fasting. I'm curious, is there any particular diet that you embrace? Well, I personally like a high protein moderate fat, and very low carbohydrate diet. Mm -hmm. I eat 100 grams of protein a day, and I get the equivalent of 20 servings of fruits and vegetables, but without the carbohydrates. So what kind of protein? What's your your go-to? Are you a fish eater? Whey protein is my favorite, to say the least. But, I mean, even peanut butter, old-fashioned peanut butter is okay. But the best is... Actually, the best protein for your brain is salmon and sardines. <laughs> yeah, not for the breath for the sardines, but yeah, it'll help your brain think think exactly. better. Maybe you can just think better because nobody's getting near you, distracting you because you got such bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have a, a poor sense of smell. <laughs> yes, that's that's so true. Fantastic. We got about like two minutes left or so. Is there anything left you'd like to share with the listeners we didn't cover today? I think the single most important thing is to be aware that you have the power in your own mind to train yourself to be healthy, happy, and successful. And that's every day, in every way, I am better and better. Emo Kue made himself very famous back in 1910 with that particular statement, every day in every way, I am better and better. He claimed it was claimed to have cured 10,000 people just with that phrase. But I think the basic autogenic phrases are more 
long term, slightly better, and they are the foundation for what we have done for the last uh, 50 years. Yeah, well said. You know, as a kid, I remember reading a book, uh, The Little Engine That Could, I Think I Can, I Think I Can, I Think I Can, and, you know, now everybody doesn't think they can anymore. I don't even know if that book's around, but we need that book. We need, I, I rem- Right? You remember that? That's one of my childhood favorites. <laughs> <laughs> because as you thinketh, you become. So let's bring that book back. I'm going to Google that. I don't know if that's even around anymore, but, man, it needs to be a, a, a hashtag, I think I can. Let's bring this thing back to modern day. Fantastic. Well, so thankful for you being here, sharing such great information. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And folks, if you want to reduce anxiety and stress, alleviate chronic pain, and manage difficult emotions, go to biogenicscourse.com. Again, that's biogenicscourse.com. And you can follow Dr. Norman Sheely on Facebook at Sheely Soren Wellness. And for my daily social media post, you can follow me at Dr. David Friedman, except for Instagram, where you can find me at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Sheely share something today that would benefit somebody you know, somebody stressed, somebody honking their horn, somebody putting that little one finger out the window, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or RadioMD.com and peruse our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. As I always say, sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned, stay well, and stay away from stress.